If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are on the road to Wisconsin for a chat with Mike Nelson. Mike is a retired physician, Vietnam veteran, and author of the latest book, the Annie Abbott series. So welcome, Mike. I'm glad you're having me. Thank you for asking. Of course. Having moved from Michigan to a small town, In Wisconsin, what charms you the most about life in your current town? It's a wonderful place to live where, as you walk down the street, you meet people that you know all the time. And uh, people make eye contact and smile and hold the door for you. It's a, a family affair when you live in a town this size. So everybody knows each other and there is something magical about it yes everybody knows something about you and uh some people know a little bit too much about you and what do you like to do when you are not writing uh i have a a hobby where it actually has turned into a business now where i do woodworking and uh make tables and chairs and charcuterie boards and and uh, various products that uh, people ask me to build for them. And so every project is a brand new attempt at something that I haven't done before. Oh, that's super interesting. You are doing something manually and people buy your things. That's just amazing. Yes, it is. I never thought I would... Uh, be doing that sort of thing it's it's kind of kind of interesting i don't do well with spare time so i like to fill it up with with projects mm-hmm. and living in this really small town it seems like a stark contrast from the busy life of visiting all 50 states and also five continents. So is there a particular place from your travels that holds a special spot in your heart? I really enjoyed Europe. I certainly uh, enjoyed Europe. I did spend some time in Spain uh, back in in the day and uh, uh, liked it quite well. But I have to tell you that uh, Austria uh, captured my imagination. I learned to ski in Austria. And so uh, those hills are 
no nonsense hills in in Austria. They're kind of steep. <laughs> Mm -hmm. When you fall down in Austria, you roll for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Mike, can you share a bit about yourself and the experiences that have shaped your journey? Goodness. Um, you know, I'm not a young man, so I've got lots of experiences, and I've got the scars to show for it. Um when I was a younger man, I worked as an engineer, and so I got to travel quite a bit for business. Um, and uh, I worked at that time, I worked in the United States, but I also worked in Taiwan and um, uh, the, the Far East. And uh, that was very interesting. And it gives you perspective. The more things that you do, the more uh, experiences that you have, the more uh, people that you uh, get to know uh, the broader your scope of understanding is of the human population, uh, the good parts and the bad parts, but it makes you a more uh, relatable individual, uh, I think. You can't, you can't limit yourself. You should always be looking for the next experience, I think, and I've always, I've always aspired to that. Uh, trying on new hats, trying on new things. Yes, I had the chance to live in many different countries with different cultures. And I think I became more relatable, as you said. That's why this podcast name is The Relatable Voice. And it's so good to be able to learn with others. I believe that it also helps you with your writing. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, uh, the more experiences you have, the more you're able to relate to people on their level. And uh, then when you sit down to write about it, um, you can take that into account. And um, you write from your own imagination, but you write with the, with the uh, idea of uh, who's going to read it and how you want to present that. And you can present it at any level that you like, but the more dimensions you put in it, the more three-dimensional your writing is, um, well, hopefully the stuff that I write, but uh, but all the good books are three-dimensional and uh, they have a lot of substance to them. And I, that's what I aspire to do. I try to, I try to make it into a, a relatable experience that's three-dimensional. And Transitioning from a physician to an author is quite a leap. So what inspired you to become a writer? And how did you make that transition? I know you are retired, but did you start writing before retiring or you started after? No, it was another new endeavor for me. I had practiced uh, for 38 years. And I was having a little bit of trouble uh, with, uh, I was having some breathing problems. So I went into the doctor and to, to my doctor to see what was causing the things. And the next thing I knew, uh, they were prepping me for surgery and I had a quadruple bypass. Yeah. And um, the rehab was difficult and I ended up having to retire as a result of it. Well, um, I hadn't really written anything up until that time, and I never really was much of a 
uh, uh, student of the English language, to be honest with you. But um, just before my father passed away, my father gave me his diary. And my father was one of those people that if, if he could use three words instead of five, that's what he did. He didn't really talk very much and he really didn't talk about himself. And we always wanted to know about what he did before he met us, and where he was and everything else. We knew he'd been in the war. We knew all those things. And, and just before he passed away, he gave me his diary. And his diary was a diary of all of the missions he flew as a tail gunner on a B-17 bomber over Europe during World War II. And it told these stories that just raised the hair on the back of your neck and about all of his friends that passed away and all of the harrowing adventures that they had. And it made me understand who that man was. And if I had known that as a young man, if I had known that when he was a younger man, he and I would not have had the relationship that we had. We would have probably been a lot, we would have probably gotten along a lot better. And so I started to think that maybe that's something that I should try to do, too, is to sit down and write who I was, write small stories about who I was before my children came along. I married late in life. Um, I was 36, 36 before I married. And so my children came along. And so I had had quite a few lifetimes or life life experiences before I had children. And I thought that if I wrote some of those things down, maybe my children wouldn't think I was as weird as they thought uh, as it is. And I started writing those and then one story became another and then they started to stretch out. And I uh, showed them to someone that I knew and she told me that uh, she was a magazine editor and she told me that um, this was a great story and we needed to lengthen it out and make it into a, um, a literary work. And so that's where my first novel came from. The, the I have five novels that I've written now, but the first novel is uh, semi-autobiographical because I took some of those stories about who I was as a young man and wove them into the story. It's a lot easier to write about something if you can remember you were there at the time. So if I wanted to write about going to Austria and learning to ski, that would be easy for me because it was a life-changing experience and I'd be able to describe it. So that's what I did for my first one. And the first one was uh, critically acclaimed and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of really good um, reviews for it, and it uh, goaded me into writing another one and then another one. But uh, then uh, I thought I was going to be done with writing. And my daughter, who is uh, my tail ender, she came along uh, late in my life, and she said, no, uh, you need to you need to keep writing. And I said, what am I going to write about? I'm already done. I'm empty now. And she said, well, write about us. She said, you like to write about th things that you know, write about us. And I said, well, how am I going to do that? And she said, Dad, every year since I was eight years old, you've taken me out of school 
and taken me on an adventure for two weeks every year. And that's true. I had. She said, write about that and then make it into a story, make it into a fantasy story. And I said, oh, I see. And you're in the book, too. And she said, yeah, but I want to be a witch. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll see what I can do. I can write something about you being a witch and a fantasy story, but you've got to help me. And she said, what do you mean I got to help you? And I said, well, these things got to have research. They got to have all this other stuff. So I wrote the next two books, the Annie Abbott series, and they're really about my daughter and I going on these adventures, only they're magical adventures now. And it's a treasure hunt, and she's a little witch. And uh, so uh, she's a co-author of them. Oh, nice. And so I, I don't get all the credit for the last two because she's got her name on the cover as well. Mm-hmm. She's Anne, of course. She's Annie. Yes, she is. Starting to write as a means of sharing your story with your children is heartwarming, like, with a great idea. What has been the most fulfilling part of writing, of your writing journey so far? Well, it's an accomplishment, for one thing. It's, it's you know, when you sit down to, to do something like this, uh, it looks like an insurmountable task. But uh, when you have the thing in your hand after you've done it, it, it feels like a, a quite an accomplishment but the most fulfilling part of it and i have to be honest with you i might have a little bit of trouble expressing it is if i read what i've written um did i say it the best way possible and when i was telling you about whether or not writing should be three-dimensional or not i think writing should touch you emotionally as well as mentally and spiritually. And if it touches all three of those things, then I did my job. And one of the most satisfying things is to write a passage or read back a passage that I got, I think I got it just right. And that really makes a, it, 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 it makes it all worthwhile to tell you the truth, that just that one paragraph that you got just right. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And your latest series takes a turn into young adult fantasy. What sparked this change? Because I, I see that your other books are kind of a different genre. The other books are a little bit dark. As a matter of fact, um, they're more of a, a crime mystery. The fellow who's in those books is—he's—he's uh, he's on the on the negative side of uh, a criminal. <laughs> he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's more of an anti-hero than a hero. 
although uh, I hope if you read the books, you, re- you kind of like the guy because he's doing his best. He just can't get out of his own way. Um, but the new books, um, it, you're right, it's a different genre. And I thought that the, the young adult fantasy was kind of nice because it's, it's about transitions. And it's about making those changes from where, um, you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child and I acted like a child. But when I became an adult, I put away childish things. And as you make that transition from from teenager to young adult, the world gets serious and the problems become problems that have to be they have to be solved. They they can't be relied upon for somebody else to solve them. And so the problems that are presented in these books are real. It's a young adult fantasy, but I wrote it for adults because it's it's about the transitions that we make when we have to make those decisions that are serious. In your view, what would define success for you as an author, Mike? Well, it's not selling books, that's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> success for me is, is like I, I told you, I, I don't do well with spare time. And so I, when I sit down to write, it's, it's, for me, it's something that I'm really focused on. I'm really concentrating on and wanting to write it and get it just right is, is really where my success is. When I, when I finish the book and believe me, you, you write the book over and over and over and over and the rewrites and trying to get it right and getting it right. And when you get it right, that's success for me when I feel like I've got it right. If the books sold, if they were, you know, if they were popular and everything else, that would be gratifying, but I don't think that's success. And um, when I first started writing, you know, I fantasized, Oh, I'm going to write the bestseller and it's going to be a, box office smash it's going to be a new york times bestseller and stuff like that and that fantasy goes right out the window when you realize how much effort has to go into marketing a book and different things like that and i'm no good at that i'm no good at self-promotion but what it took and it was it was an epiphany for me to realize or for me to come to the realization that writing the books and finishing the books and having the books done was success. And <clears throat> so I'm very happy with them. And uh, I would love to share them with people. And I would love to have people read them, but not with the idea that, oh, you're so great. Oh, you're a great author. Oh, boy, we really want to buy these. But with the idea of somebody reading them and saying, boy, that was a really good story. Thank you. And so that would be success on a different level, but not the most important success. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So, Mike, where can our listeners find you online and, of course, in your books? Well, I have a website. I actually have a new website. Um, It's uh, authormikenelson.com that uh, you can find my blog there and you can find everything there is to know about uh, what I do and uh, what I write. 
I've even started putting up some pictures of some of the wood projects that I I do. So it's a it's it's a, a nice full website. Um, my books, of course, are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and uh, um, most of the book outlets, BookBub, and and uh, all of those uh, online bookstores. They're they're all in there. The first three are the Emmett Casey Chronicles, Bless Me, Father, and For I Have Sinned, and The Heretic. And then the other two are the Annie Annie Casey or Annie Abbott series, uh, Annie Abbott and the Druid Stones, and Annie Abbott and the Race to the Red Queen. And uh, I'm proud of them all. I know I I I'm I'm pleased with the way they came out. And uh, and uh, like I said, I'd like people to read them. But that's not the motivation force for me. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Mike. I would love to go back to Wisconsin, Southern Wisconsin, to mm-hmm. talk with you again. And I wish you success. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. Of course. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity. This is great. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.